This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Well, like I said, I'm super excited to be here this morning. Um, this morning is actually, you know, being, being back in the, in the kids' wing most times, um, we're going over the basics a lot of times on Sundays. I'm working with the kiddos. And so when Pastor Jeff asked me to cover today, um, I was really excited. But at the same time, I'm like, man, what do I, these are big kids. What do I talk about? You know, these are, uh, I got to really bring it, you know. And, uh, and so I was just praying, God, what do you, you want to say uh, to your people today? What do you want to say? What do you want to use this moment for? And, um, you know, I was, I was kind of having a hard time, to be honest, coming up with the topic. And, and God was just like, just use, just use what I've been working, um, working on you on. Use, use what, uh, what we've been kind of tackling, what I've been um, chiseling at you, what I've been molding in you, what I've brought up in your mind. Use, use that because if you're thinking about it, if you need it, then somebody else does uh, in this room today. And so the funny thing is, is this morning, I'm not, I'm not here, I'm not here to, to call anybody out. Really, this morning's message is just me kind of preaching to myself, uh, to be honest, about what, what God has been kind of birthing inside of me. And, um, and I know that God's going to use it, he's going to speak, and it's going to apply, and it's going to be awesome. But uh, so this all kind of comes out of me praying um, about a month ago. And you know those times when um, you're technically you're praying, but really you're just, it's more like a complaining, venting session to the Lord. And then, uh, but you just tag some fancy words on the end of it. To, this is annoying. This is bad. This is frustrating. And, and amen. And that was kind of, if I'm being honest, that was kind of one of the prayers uh, that I was in the middle of. And um, it was interesting because, you know, there was just, there's just I, I was praying, I was like, God, things just feel heavy right now. Um, things are really picking up speed at, at work. I'm kind of being stre- uh, stretched and, and challenged in ways that I haven't been before, and, and that's kind of weighing on me. Plus, uh, plus I, I just turned 25, which, by the way, it's not too late for birthday presents. I just want to throw that out there. A thousand is spelled T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. I'm just kidding. That's an old, that's an old church joke. I'm sorry. Um, and, and I was like, Lord, and at the same time, like, I, uh, I was in the bathroom the other day. This isn't gross, all right? And, and I, so I did one of those, like, mirror takes that you do before you head out the door, you know? And I, I pulled out, like, I kid you not, people, 10 white hairs, like white, like snow white. And I was like, God, I'm getting older, you know? And I was just praying about my future and about my spouse. And I'm like, God, this has to happen soon because I'm going to be full of gray hair here in, like, by 30, I guess. And, uh, and so I was just kind of venting, you know, to the Lord. I was like, God, this is, this is frustrating. That that's frustrating. This is heavy. That's heavy. And um, it's like, God, I just, I just feel, I just feel busy. You know, I just feel overloaded. I just feel overwhelmed. And, um, and I kind of got to the end of my spiel. I kind of got to the end of, uh, end of my prayer. And I was just kind of sitting in some peace and some, and some silence. And God dropped this thought into my head. And, uh, it was it was kind of offensive to be honest with you. Um, he he said after a couple minutes, he hit me with this idea. He said, "Do you know the names of your neighbors?" 
And I was real confused at first because I was like, God, did you get my prayer mixed up with somebody else's? That has nothing to do with what I was just complaining about. Like, that is way out of left field. Like, did you mean to send that to somebody else? Like, email addresses get mixed up or something? Like, what's going on? And it, it was interesting because here I am just like, God, I need, I need help. I want you to just kind of slap a, a magic Band-Aid over my life and over my situations. And he goes, do you know, do you know the names of your neighbors? And... Which was, which is also funny because he knows the answer to that. I've lived at the house that I'm living out with my buddies for eight months now, and I've never met my neighbors, never had a conversation with them, never said hi. And I was like, no, God, you know, you know the answer. Like, don't twist the knife, okay? Like, you know that I don't know their names. And he reminded me of a quote that I heard um, about a month ago, and I, I wish I could remember who said it. I wish I could give credit to him. But he said, busy is the enemy of neighborly. And I'm just thinking about that for a second. Like, gosh, like, busy is the enemy of neighborly. And, you know, where I live, there is, um, I see somebody walking somewhere on my way to work, on my way home from work, um, almost every day. And almost every single time, my heart just lights up and the Lord's like, give that person a ride. And, out of the maybe 100 times that I felt like I was supposed to do it, I've done it zero. And it's interesting because what we do is we, we justify things a lot in the moment, right? Where we're going, God, like, I don't want to be late to work. What if they're heading the opposite way? Um, what if they take advantage of, you know, this kind act and ask me to go, like, an hour away, you know? Or, or God, I've only got enough gas money to last me till payday. And, and the thing is, is that a lot of times in our in our busyness, we forget the greatest commandment is to love. And a lot of times we forget how to be, how to love our neighbors. The greatest commandment that Jesus ever asked of us is because we're busy. And so, you know, I just started, I just started breaking open the gospels. I was like, man, I want to see how, how Jesus lived his day to day. Because if I'm being honest, it's pretty much every Sunday or any, much, any, any time I run into an old friend, what do we all say, right? We, we shake hands. Hey, man, how you been? I've been good. Um, life's pretty busy, right? Things are kind of crazy. Works, works, busy. I mean, gosh, we say, we say that phrase. I say that phrase a thousand times a day. And God just kind of reminded me. He's like, look, if anybody was busy in this life, if anybody was busy, it was Jesus. And so I want to take a look at... Um, a couple verses, a couple times we, we, we see Jesus in, in just kind of the chaos. We're going to take a look at Mark uh, chapter 3. And we're at the beginning of Mark, and, and, and at this point in the book of Mark, Jesus is, uh, Jesus is probably 30, 31 years old. He's in the beginning of his ministry, and he hasn't done a ton of miracles yet. He's not super famous, but there's still a lot of people um, that want to follow him, that want to know him, that want to meet him so that they can be healed. Jesus has been doing crazy miracles up to this point. And so we pick up in chapter 3, verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. So he, Jesus is looking for a break at this point. Uh, he's been ministering, he'd been healing, he'd been preaching all day, all week. And so he, he's just, him and his crew are looking for a break. So Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd from Galilee followed. 
when they heard about all he was doing, many people came from him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across the Jordan and around Tyre, Tyre, and Sidon. Um, and then we pick up, Jesus told the disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. And this is, this is an amazing part, is, is Jesus is tired, right? Jesus has been giving, and he's been giving, he's been giving, and he sees a crowd forming. He sees people coming. And what's really, this, this, this story, this part of the Bible really, really challenges me, because instead of going, look, I've been busy, I need a break, I could probably use a sandwich, I could probably use a nap, instead of going, let's get on this boat and get out of here, Jesus takes this moment and he says, I, I, just, I can imagine the, the discussion he's having with his disciples right before the crowd start forming. And he's going, no, here is an opportunity to love. Here's an opportunity to give. Here's an opportunity to heal. No matter how tired, no matter how frustrated, no matter how hungry we are, we are going to always, always take these opportunities to love and to give. We pick up in, uh, in Matthew, in Matthew 20, uh, verse 29 through 34. It'll be on the screens. Jesus stops and called to them. There had been, some, uh, there had been some, some beggars outside of the city. And you know the amazing thing about Jesus is that a lot of times God would call Jesus to go from one destination to the other, right? And, uh, and so Jesus would be in the middle of, of, of obeying God. He'd be on a direct route. And I think what's interesting about this is that if we ever audibly heard Jesus go like, hey, I want, Levi, I want you to go to Columbus today. If I like was so sure about that, man, nothing would get in my way, right? We'd be like, I'm on a mission from God. I'm going, nothing can get in my way. But all the time, what Jesus did was he'd be in route, in obedience, and somebody would stop him. Somebody would call out to him. He was interrupted. I mean, I'm just reading through the gospels and I'm like exhausted for Jesus because of how many people would just come up and stop him and need something and ask something. And so Jesus stopped along the road. The two beggars had called out to him and said, what do you want me to do for you? He asked, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them. He touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Another example, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus is saying that every single time he has an opportunity to love and every single time he has an opportunity to give, he takes it. And, and here's what I find really interesting is in our world in, in 2019, we're really good at, uh, at this term called balance, right? Like we really, really want... Um, we really, really want to find balance in our lives. Things are busy, right? We have jobs to attend to. We have kids to attend to. We have, we got to wor worry about um, their future. We, maybe we're saving for their college or saving for our retirement. There's so many things that we're always trying to find balance, right? That we're always trying to make sure that we're not being overwhelmed because all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, right? So we're just always trying to go, okay, how can I... How can I balance the chaos and the craziness and the go, go, go with some R&R, with, some &R, with a vacation, maybe with a fun purchase? 
And we've all heard this saying, right, that uh, we've all heard this at like Christian conferences or at church or from leaders that you can't, you can't pour out unless you're full, right? Or that you can't give unless you yourself are taken care of and rested first. And I'm here this morning to actually kind of challenge that thought. Because when we look at Jesus, he gave and he gave and he gave. And when he was tired, he served. And when he was hungry, he loved. And when he was thirsty, he healed. And he wasn't too worried about balance. And I think it's interesting. I have to ask myself sometimes, can I focus on on loving my neighbor and loving people and bringing them the life that God has put in me and the joy and the peace that God's put in me instead of always glorifying how busy I am. Instead of always worshiping and exalting how busy I am. Instead of always claiming to be too busy to stop and to love and to give grace, right? Because can we, can we dismantle what busyness is for a second? Busyness, all, all busyness really is, is, is admitting that there's more going on in our life than we would prefer, right? That there's an above average amount of things that require our attention and our time. And there's too many things. And honestly, what we're saying when we're saying that we're busy or what we're saying when, there, when life is chaotic and it's overwhelming is essentially that we are victims to a schedule that is demanding us to just kind of ride autopilot in life and to live reactionary, to pay the bills, to go to work, to feed the kids. And then eventually we become these these robots that aren't even in control anymore because things are so busy and the schedule is so chaotic and so many things are demanding our time that instead of living with purpose and instead of living with passion, we're just on autopilot, letting busy take us where it takes us. You know, um, there's a uh, there's this uh, new newer kind of personality test in the church world called the Elena help me Enneagram Enneagram. I'm gonna say it wrong. Why don't they just call it the New Church Christian Personality Test? And we I'd never mess it up. Okay. Anyway, uh, and I think these things are kind of cool. I've learned a lot about uh, myself, but I also don't like. I don't take it too seriously, but I, I, I identify, if you know anything about it, basically there's nine major personality types, and, uh, and I am a nine, last but not least, okay? And um, the interesting thing about nines is, uh, is they're definitely, can they, they can definitely be very introverted. And the thing about nines is um, social situations and people and um, loud noises, <laughs> They kind of exhaust us, if we're being honest. Like, like talking, just being around uh, lots of commotion, it's just exhausting. And the way I prove that is the number one question I've been asked in my life, if I were to tally them all up, is like, where'd you disappear to? That's like the number one thing that people ask me is I was like, where, where did you go for the past like hour? And, and I'm like, ah, you know, I was, you know, but really it was just, I was just like, I'm out. I, there's too many people, there's too much commotion, I got to... 
And what's funny is people will ask me, like, you know, after, after work, it'll be like a weeknight, and they'll be like, hey, do you want to go get food or whatever? And I'm like, but I just, I just did a thing. Like, work was my thing for the day, you know? Like, I want to go home, and, like, I want to... <laughs> and, like, that... And what's funny is some people, some people totally decompress a different way. They want to go out. They want to they have fun. They want to go do something. But I'm like, no, give me my couch. Give me my TV. Give me, you know, uh, my space alone, peace and quiet, all that kind of stuff. And what's funny is I've really, and, and I think I picked the wrong job, I guess, being in ministry. Like, uh, to, to, and so really I've been working with the Lord, like, God, how do I balance this, um, this part in my life? I mean, you've made me this way for some reason. Um, how, do, how do I make this, how do I make this work? Because what are we trying to do? We're always trying to find balance in our life. We're always trying to make sure that we're having enough fun or going on enough vacations or our bank, our savings account is, is cushy enough that we can find balance in and all the things that demand our attention and our responsibility and all the things that aren't fun that we have to attend to. But the thing is, is that Like, look, I understand the biblical principle of rest. I really do. Obviously, when God created the world, he took a day off and he rested. God commands a Sabbath, a day of rest. When Jesus was going to and from towns, a lot of times he would take a boat and he would take a nap. And understand that rest is an important, integral part of how God has designed us. But at the same time, at the same time, we really oftentimes, and especially I do this, we worship our rest. We prioritize our balance. We go, I'm going to get frustrated if I can't have my time to myself to do what I want. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get grumpy inside. I'm going to not be good spiritually if I don't have my time or my money to do things my way so that I can balance this busy life. But can we be honest for a second? Thank God that Jesus wasn't too worried about balance when he was on the cross right? Thank God that he wasn't too worried about taking a vacation when he was getting whipped. And, and, and this has just been, it's, it's just been eating at me that, man, we just, we focus so hard and we worship so much. Our, our, our things, our hobbies, our, our off time, our weekends, When Jesus is saying, no, I lived a life that was as busy as you can imagine. I mean, imagine trying, being God and trying to write the Sermon on the Mount while also at the same time, like probably hearing everybody's prayers at the same time, like the voices in God's head while he's trying to come up with a message. That's a whole nother level of busy that we've never experienced. But yet Jesus never, ever ever missed an opportunity to reach out and love, to reach out and heal, to reach out and give. And to be honest, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of this idea that we need to take care of ourselves first because Jesus never did that. His priority was always passion because balance doesn't change the world. Passion does. Balance never changed anything. Balance never did anything for anybody. There are way too many Christians in our country worried about their retirement plan and their social media profiles while thousands of people are going on a fast track to hell. And we just, we just want to live 
our lives and we want it to go our way and we want to build our sandcastle and customize it the way we want it to look. And we want to claim that we're too busy. Gosh, I claim I'm so busy all the time and I'm, I'm just tired of it, you know? I have to ask myself, with this life, am I going to be another no-name Christian who someday has a regular-looking family, living in a regular-looking house, driving a regular-looking car, retiring off a regular retirement, blending in to the white noise that is the American middle class, or am I going to live my life with some passion and some fire that causes me to not have my schedule bullied by the busyness of life? I don't want to be another nobody who does the same thing that everybody else is doing. Chasing the same things, building the same life, blending into everything else that everybody else is doing. When people need love, people need help. My neighbors need to know who I am and what I do and what I have to offer. What's stopping me from bringing over some cookies? I mean, you don't want that because I can't bake at all. But like, (laughs) at the same time, I'm always claiming to be too busy. And it is strangling the church. It's strangling our lives. Because look, this morning, I'm not here to call anybody out because I am, I'm on a fast track. I'm a regular guy with a regular car, with a regular house, and I'm on a fast track to living a passionless life. If I don't change, if I don't improve, if I don't give, then I'm just going to be doing the same thing as everybody else. I look at Jesus, who, who gave when he didn't have enough sleep, and who gave when he didn't have enough food, and he gave when he didn't have enough time, and he stopped for people who stopped him along the road, and he had compassion, and he had compassion. How many times in the Bible does it say, and Jesus had compassion on them? And I'm looking at my life, and I'm going, where is the compassion? I think one of the most amazing stories about Jesus is that he's being arrested, right? He's being betrayed by one of his own disciples that he, that he raised, that he loved, that he taught. Judas betrays him, brings some soldiers, and the guys that are about to arrest him, Peter gets mad, tries to defend Jesus, pulls out a sword, goes for an attack, lops off an ear. He must not have good aim at all. And Jesus, in this moment, gosh, he, he heals the guy. The guy coming to arrest him. I don't know about you, but if somebody comes into my house to arrest me for, for loving Jesus and they slip and they fall, I'm going to be like, serves you right, shouldn't it? Jesus is on my side. Golly, I mean, the, Jesus is on a different stratosphere of taking 
every opportunity to love when people deserve it, when they don't, when they're trying to arrest him, when they're trying to bug him, when they're trying to trap him. He never stopped. And I, and I look at my life and I'm just like, man, what, what am I doing? I, I really don't wanna stand before the Lord someday and present my pile, my combination over the years of distractions and worries and retirement plans and busyness and go, here, God, here's my bundle of stuff that I did with my 70 years because Jesus deserves better than that. The people outside these walls deserve better than that. And I'm just, I'm tired of using the chaos that's around us as an excuse. I'm tired of being a passenger on a train that just takes me to the things that I have to deal with, my responsibilities, the bills that I have to pay, the places that I have to be in, in, in living with, with blinders on to the world. People need me, people need you. And if all we're doing is claiming to be busy every single time that we talk to our friends, we are admitting that that we're not in control, essentially. We, we have one life. And if our goals have more to do with square footage than they do people, then we've really missed it. If our goals have to do with time, more, more to do with time off than they do with lives touched, then we've really, really missed it. And to be honest, I, I don't have a fancy five-step, three-step process for you this morning. I, I really don't on how to become less busy. I just know that it starts on our hearts. It starts with God going, hey, can we, can we wake up a little bit? Can we shake off the, the heaviness and the chaos of our schedule for 30 seconds to open our eyes big enough to go, there are, there are people that need love. And if it's my job to be in this building five days a week, 40 hours a week, and I can't do it, then I fear for the rest of us that, that have regular jobs and have kids. I'm like, God, like I should be at the forefront of this. I should be pioneering this. And if, if I'm claiming to be too busy and if I don't know my neighbors and if I'm not stopping to take opportunities to love, then who else is? All I can say is look at Jesus. He lived more open with his time and with his heart than I could ever, ever imagine doing. If my, if my savings dips below a certain number, I, there is a red buzzer in my brain that is going off all the time, going fix it, fix it, fix it, figure out something, fix it, fix it, fix it. But I guarantee, I guarantee that Jesus's bank account never looked like he probably preferred because he was too busy loving, he was too busy giving, he was too busy healing. And I think that's a good way to live your life. 
want Elevate to be this place. All of this is kind of piggybacking off of the same things that Pastor Jeff spoke about last weekend. And I want Elevate to just be this place that people know, gosh, they live with some action and they live with some fervor and they live with some purpose. In that church, those people aren't too busy. Heck, they don't even talk about how busy they are because we live with purpose. We have some gall. We have some ability to push through when our schedule is demanding. We have some time that we can still take to love people even when life isn't perfectly the way that we want it to. And that's what I want to be. And I don't have it figured out. So please, next time you see me watch some TV, don't be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're supposed to have this thing figured out because I'm working on it too. And understand we got to take a break. We got to be with our families we got to breathe a little, but at the same time, can we stop being so, so victimized by all the stuff going on and just go, I want to love, I want to give, I want to love like Jesus did. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to just come together and watch how you did life. Watch what you prioritized. Watch what you thought was important. And God, help us to not balance the busyness with rest, but instead balance our busy lives with more passion. We don't need another self-care routine. We don't need another vacation. We don't need a bigger house. We need to love. And the people that need us need to see us living in action and doing and giving when it hurts and when it's inopportune and when we're tired and when maybe it's inconvenient. God, help us to see what really matters with this life. Help us to live so, so, so much more open than what's natural, God. Use your Holy Spirit to soften our hearts and to open our eyes to see the people around us, the situations that need our attention, the ways that we can love, the ways that we can help, the ways that we can get involved because you never stopped giving, you never stopped loving, and you never stopped healing, and that's the life that I want to live. And that's the life that I believe our church can live together, and we can impact Dayton, we can impact Cincinnati, we can in, impact the tri-state, God. And it starts with just getting off the mundane train, God, and I thank you that you're just going to electrify our souls to see what we can do, the simple ways we can love, the relationships we can build, the neighbors we can meet. And we're just gonna give you the praise. We don't wanna live normal lives. We don't wanna blend in with everybody else. We don't wanna do what everybody else is doing and worrying what everybody else is worrying about. We love you so, so much, God, and we just, we just want to do things a little bit different and more like you. And we praise you, Father.
We praise you. We give you all the things. I can't wait to hear stories, Jesus. Thank you for the testimonies that are going to come out of our love, of our passion. We give you this day, God. We love you so, so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.